Father, we just thank you so much today for the word of the Lord. The word of God is alive and it's active. And Lord, we thank you for speaking to our hearts. We thank you for your presence that is so, so powerful in this place today. And as we look to your word on hearing from you, we believe that we receive revelation knowledge. We believe that we receive the things that you have for us today in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. Well, how many of you know our good, good father is present? He has all power. He's everywhere at once. He's omniscient. And so no matter what is going on in my life or in your life, we can have the confidence that he knows the path on which we should take. I'm telling you this morning that you can and should fully expect God's guidance. No matter what, there's an answer, there's a path, and there is no need to panic. And so how do we hear from him? Well, number one, we hear from him through the word of God, through the more sure word of God. You see, God's word is a lamp unto our feet. Amen. It's a light unto our path. And then secondly, we hear from him through the spirit of God. The scripture says in Romans 8:14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, you and I are not to be led externally. If we are being led externally, it's quite easy to be misled. But rather than being led externally, we are to be led internally. And so when we are led of him, how many of you know that he will lead you out of confusion into glorious life? He'll lead you out of sickness into health, death into life, dead into freedom, lack into prosperity, marriage hell to marriage bliss, from fruitlessness to fruitfulness. He'll lead you into a good place because that's the kind of God we serve. And so we've discussed this, that we are not to be opportunity led, money led, emotionally led, or we are not to be head knowledge led, but rather we are to be spirit led. Now, we can never, ever have enough knowledge in this life and in this world to make a perfect decision based on knowledge alone. Because simply, there's a lot of things that we just don't know. And you can call yourself the best researcher, the best analyzer, the best pro and con maker, the best categorizer. (laughs) But how many of you know something in the next hour could change? And so there's someone on the inside of you that knows everything and he knows the future. And he will enable you and I to get it right again and again. So then instead of racking our brains trying to get answers, why not just pray? Everyone say, don't think, pray. So we're not to be led by pros and cons. We're not to be led by calculators or statistics. The answer is not in your head. The answer is in your heart. You know, it's kind of like someone going through a file cabinet looking for something that they just can't quite put their finger on. They may look once and then a little bit later look again. They may even look up to a hundred times, but they still can't find it. What might you surmise from that? The answer or that what you're looking for is not in the file cabinet. And so a lot of people are looking for stuff up here. We need to draw near, if you will, and stop and look on the inside and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. He's talking to us. The question is, are we listening? Are we hearing? In Romans 8:16, it says the Spirit himself. Say it with me, the Spirit himself. 
he bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. When he bears witness with your spirit, what that is tantamount to saying you have a knowing on the inside of you. It's not a feeling, but it's kind of like a velvety-like sense in your spirit. It's the green light in your spirit. What's the red light in your spirit? That's a check in your heart. What's the yellow light in your spirit, if you will? That's kind of a cautionary thing, isn't it not? So the Holy Spirit leads us by bearing witness with our spirit. Say with me, he is in my spirit. For I am a spirit. And so your spirit has a witness. And the Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit. How do you know, Pastor Mark, if he agrees with you or not? That knowing on the inside of you, just that little unction on the inside of you, just that sense of, oh yeah, that's it, that's right, that's the way you should go, that's what you should do. And until you have that, please don't embark on a journey that he's not leading in. Come on. Because if we do embark on a journey that he is not guiding us in, how many of you know you're out there in your own strength? You're out there in your own provision. And that's a very dangerous place to be. So it behooves us, it pays rich dividends, if you will, for us to take time to wait on him. To be patient enough and to say, Lord, I'm here. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Speak to me and lead me and guide me. Someone say amen. Amen. So what we're saying is, look for the knowing. Look and wait for that witness. That's what you go with. That's how Brenda and I came to California in 1982. We didn't know hardly anybody out here, but we had just this witness in our own spirits, and then the Holy Spirit began to bear witness with our spirit, and the Lord led us out of Minnesota to California, and I'm really glad that he did. Amen? Because we haven't been here in our own strength. We haven't been here in our own plan. And the good, good Father has been able to do some awesome things. Amen? Amen. And so Paul said this in one case. It just seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. It seemed good. Dealing with the big issues of life, it just seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. And so we said last week, how can you make good decisions? Well, follow your seamer. Don't allow people to pressure you into things that don't line up with your seamers. And that includes your relatives. Learn to be sensitive to your spirit on the inside. Now, that's kind of by way of review. So let's look at Psalm 16. And notice with me a few scriptures. We're going to talk about, for a moment or two, being rain-trained. Rain-trained. Not R-A-I-N, but R-E-I-N. In Psalm 16, verse 7, I want you to read this with me if you would. Ready, read. I will bless the Lord, who has given me counsel. My rains also instruct me in in the night seasons. The NIV says, my heart 
instructs me in the night seasons. The Jerusalem Bible says, my inmost self instructs me. Now, look at Psalm 26 and verse 2. Psalm 26 and verse 2. This scripture says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my what? Try my reins and my what? And my heart. So a rein is a steering mechanism for a horse. A, a rein-trained horse doesn't need a bit. A horse that is rein-trained does not need to be forced. Now, bearing that in mind, look at Psalms 32 and verse 9. We do not want to be mule-headed. We want to be rain-trained. Read this with me. Interesting verse. Ready, read. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which having no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Another translation said that this way, they won't come unless you make them. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is a gentleman? And he will not make you do anything. He didn't make you get up this morning and come to church on Super Bowl Sunday. Right? He didn't make, he won't make you do anything. He will gently impress you. He will gently guide you. But 99% of the time, he will never ever force you. Amen. Now, some people have this attitude, well, Pastor Mark, I'll just tell you one thing. I'll just have to see a burning bush. Well, that means you're walking by sight instead of walking by faith. And learning to hear from him, we must walk by faith, hear by faith. We should not require bits. You and I, we are mature sons of God. I thought more people would say amen to that. Let me try it one more time. You and I, we are mature sons of God. What this means is we are learning. We haven't arrived. I haven't arrived, but we are all learning to become rain trained. It's like that power steering on a horse. That little leather strap, they just lay it on the horse's neck and just a slight movement and that horse responds. And that's you. And that's me. Just a slight impression. Yes, Lord. I'm rain trained. I will respond quickly and I will respond quietly. And see, that's, that's really respecting him. That's reverencing him. And that's responding to the Holy Spirit. Now, you remember what Jesus said in his first miracle when they ran out of wine? Remember that? He says, whatever what? Whatever she says, do it. What if they didn't do it? They would have had no wine. And this is one of the things that is hurting Christians worldwide is they're too passive. They're too passive. They know what to do, but they procrastinate. 
And they say, well, you know, maybe I can do that tomorrow or maybe I can do that when I get fully out of debt. Maybe I can go to Bible school when everything lines up or, you know, maybe this, maybe that. How many of you know, for a lot of people, tomorrow never comes? Procrastination is an enemy to future promotion and being blessed by the Lord. Because you see, passivity refuses to take the step when God is ordaining that step. And as long as that step is not taken, there'll never be another step. And I understand this, that God is a God of many steps. Because the Bible says that the steps of the Lord, what are they? They are ordained of the Lord. So whatever he says to you, in whatever area of life it is, do it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't put off the things that he's ordaining you to do today, tomorrow. Oh, it's a trap of the enemy. And not only that, but it can shut down God's perfect plan for your life. Gets mighty quiet when you start talking like that. But let's just flip the coin over. If you do take the step, if you do follow your seamer, if you are rain trained, Oh, hallelujah. You'll take that step, and then there'll be another step, and then there'll be another step. And you will walk in the glory. You will walk in the goodness of God. You will walk in the strength of God. You will walk in the health of God. You will walk in the provision of God every day of your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord told me to take a step years ago, and I still haven't taken it. Well, it's not too late. It's not too late. You can take that step. God can restore to you guys the years that the cankerworm has ripped you off from. He can re- he's a God of restoration. Not only that, but he's a God of mercy. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, I, I, I meant to take the step. Get rid of all the excuses. You didn't take the step. Just repent and get up and take it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's decent preaching. Now, let's move on to something else. Now, a big earmark of being led and being confident that you're really hearing from him, this is a big one, that is the peace of God. Now, I want to look at Colossians chapter 3, and notice with me in verse 14 and in verse 15. Colossians 3 14 and 15 in the Amplified. He says, And above all these things, put on love and enfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness, which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. Now notice in verse 15, let's read together. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ's rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one body, you are also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Give and praise to God always. Amen. Amen. So doesn't this scripture extensively tell us that we are to follow peace? See, let peace decide and settle with all finality questions that come up 
in your mind and in your life. When issues and questions come up in my life, I let the peace of God settle them. And you can do the same thing. We all face decisions in life. Should I do this? Should I do not do this? Should I marry this person? Should I not marry this person? Should I take that job or should I look for another job? Should I continue to live in the Bay Area or should I go live in Arizona? A lot of questions that we face. Amen? Amen. So when you are thinking about doing it, or rather when you're praying about doing this or that, you've got to look on the inside and say, do I really have peace on that? Do I have peace on that? There's a lot of people that wouldn't have married certain people if they'd followed the peace of God. You know, recently I, I visited my niece in Hawaii. We took five nights this past week and went to Hawaii and we didn't have a full vacation last year. And so I had, we wanted to get away and just, you know, chase one another around the room and the beach. And <laughs> eat some mahi-mahi, you know, and stuff like that. But I have, I have a little niece over there, Kate. And it was, it was quite a nice time that we had with her when we went to dinner with her. My brother Tim has been in heaven for 13 years. And that's his daughter. And so the first thing that she said to me, she says, Oh, you look like my dad. And we both started crying. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> but anyhow, um, so we... we uh, We've seen some things happen with our nieces, and, and, um, and I, I don't want to go too far into this, but uh, I have a, another niece um, that has been in and out of treatment many times uh, throughout the years, and right now she's in Hazleton, which is a top treatment center over there in the Minnesota area, and uh, um, she divorced from her husband, and um, they had a very tumultuous relationship and uh, recently they were all down in Arizona at my oldest brother's place for Christmas. And um, her ex-husband came over and, and told my other niece, he said, you know, if she would stop drinking and get it together, I would stop too. Well, that's just a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. You, you can't go by I would. Yeah. Amen. You got to follow after the peace of God. So don't, don't be duped by people that have good intentions. Good intentions are good, but actions to back up the intentions are the things that you were looking for. And you're looking also for longevity in those good intentions and in those actions. Amen? Everyone say consistency is a major key. Hallelujah. I didn't know I was going to get emotional. Praise the Lord. Well, in Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God that passeth all understanding it'll keep your heart and what it'll keep your heart and your mind if you follow peace listen everything on the outside may look like it's haywire but if you've got peace on the inside of you and you follow your seamer and you follow your peace sooner or later that haywire is going to turn around and you're going to see a calm clear blue sky amen and so this peace that you're following, is it not the manifestation of the God of peace? Say with me, when I'm following the peace of God, 
I am following the God of peace. And so the wisdom of God and the direction of God are, can be manifest or can come in the peace of God. I mentioned a little bit earlier in this message when Brenda and I came to California in, in 1982, we had such peace in our spirit, such peace. And this scripture is really real to us in Isaiah 55 and verse 12, and they don't have it up there, so let me read it to you. It says this, you will go out with sorrow. You go, you'll go out with a sourpuss. I mean, you're going to obey God, but man, no. He says, you shall go out with what? You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Woo! Hallelujah. When you see the trees of the field start clapping your hands, you know you're, you're heading somewhere good. That's kind of how we felt, you know, when we left 35W back there in May of 1982. And we just left the Twin City area and it was great. It was awesome. Our first several years of ministry were in the Minnesota area. But I'm telling you, when we just left the outskirts of the Twin City driving down 35W, it was like the trees were clapping. And our peace, our spirit was ringing out, peace, peace, hallelujah. And it wasn't because there were not going to be any more Minnesota winters. Because it doesn't matter where you are geographically. South Pole, North Pole, Minnesota, Wisconsin, California, Florida, Nevada, wherever you are. In the will of God, you're going to have peace. Is that right? Now. Notice with me in James, the third chapter, and uh, notice with me in verse uh, 17, the wisdom of God and the peace of God. It says in James 3, 17, but the wisdom that is from above, that tells us that there is something from beneath we don't want. But this wisdom that's from above is first pure, it's peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. And so when we're operating in the wisdom of God, there is the peace of God. Proverbs says this, all of wisdom's ways are pleasantness and all of wisdom's paths are peaceful. Amen. The way of the spirit is the way of peace. The way of the flesh is always frustration. The way of the flesh is always vexing. Let me ask you a personal question. You don't need to raise your hands because in my heart I already have two raised. Has anybody ever missed it? The next question is, did it frustrate you? Were you full of peace? You just, oh man, something on the inside is just not right. It's frustrating. What do you do? You stop. It's like going to a doctor and you've had some sort of chronic injury. Maybe it's a back injury. Maybe it's a, a, a knee injury. Maybe it's a shoulder injury. And 
The doctor says, now, <clears throat> if it hurts, don't do it. <laughs> if it hurts, don't do it. Sometimes people uh, go into physical therapy uh, to correct something that's hurting. But in the physical therapist, if they're a good one, they take you very slow. They take you through a process. You know, children know if something hurts, they stop. But, you know, being adults... We just, you know, bless God, we're going we're gonna to push through the pain. You know, you made your bed, and I'll sleep in it. That's dumb. <laughs> when something bo- bugs your heart, just quit it. Well, pastor, you know, throughout the years, is it okay to do this? Uh, is it okay to do that? Um, is it okay to do this? Is it okay to do that? The mere fact that you're asking the question tells me that something on the inside of you is bugging you. So for you, it ain't okay. (laughs) You know, we're not supposed to live frustrated. We're supposed to live in the peace of God. The scripture says that those who believe have entered into rest. So here's my advice for you this morning. Don't override your heart. Don't vex your soul by overriding what you have on the inside of you. Then lastly, this last portion in our series, it really demands a whole message, but this is the last uh, session that we're going to be doing on hearing from God. We get direction from the Word of God. We get direction and hear from God by the Spirit of God. But thirdly, we can also hear from Him through the people of God. See, where there is no counsel, the people fail. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. That word counsel means good advice. It also means to direct the behavior of. Another scripture says, without counsel, plans go astray. But in the multitude of many counselors, they are established. You see, the plans that we make can be established by counsel. And by wise counsel, you and I can wage war. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Listen very carefully. God can and will use people with natural knowledge and experience to help guide you. And God wants us to seek godly counsel. He wants us to seek people that are connected to God's word And God's spirit. And not only that, he wants to use you to help other people. Now here's a warning that must be issued. And that is this. We must monitor who is influencing our lives. In Corinthians it says this. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good manners. And so... I challenge you, don't isolate yourself. Don't be a lone ranger. 
Christianity does not work and is not intended to work without one another. The Bible says that a man or a woman who isolates himself, he will seek his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. You're in a good community here. You're in a good family here. There's a lot of people full of wisdom here. There's a lot of people that have experienced a lot in their life. They can give you counsel on what to do and what not to do. Are you listening to me? And so godly counsel oftentimes will clarify what you already have in your own heart. Amen? It's not that you go to somebody and, and you look to them for the answer. No, you seek the answer. You look to the Lord for the answer. But then there's nothing wrong with you going to a person and just kind of, how do you say it, run it by him. Just run it by him. What, what are your thoughts about this? What, what kind of counsel can you give me? I seek godly counsel all the time. All the time. I seek it from friends that I have long-term relationships with and, and people that I know are led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Say it with me. Wise counsel is available to me in this church. And so here's the challenge again. Make sure the people giving you counsel are connected to the Word and to the Spirit. You see, the Bible says the thoughts of the righteous are right. And blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the godly. Amen? Just make sure they have a good track record. Make sure their history is good. Make sure they really care about you. Make sure they have the qualifications and the fruit. Just don't seek any Johnny-come-lately. Don't seek some so-called prophet or prophetess. A lot of people that call themselves prophets and prophetesses are no more that than I'm an astronaut. I mean, you can put any label on a can you want to, but what's on the inside of that can? I mean, I can, I can get a great big can up here in front of you today and say macadamia nuts, and you go and shake it and there's nothing in it. Well, I think that's the way it is with a lot of people that are out there tooting their own horn, but in reality, there's not much to them. So watch their life. Watch the fruit that they have. In Acts 6, it says, Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom. Hallelujah. Let's just raise our hand. Did you get anything out of this short series? Hey, man, let's give him praise today.